Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, patrons. Good morning. What a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. Well, John dusted off the DeLorean, cranked up the time machine to go all the way back to August of 2019 and dug me out of the cobwebs. Good morning. I'm Rob Vogel in for Mike Lucas. Back in the saddle here with uh, John Adis this morning. Good morning, John. Foggy with another bomb. Ah, <laughs> oh, finally. Wow, you've finally. had that sitting around still, huh? Jeez. You ever have like uh, an itch that you can't scratch? And you know you can't, and you're just like, oh, this is driving me crazy. I just want to scratch. No. Foggy with another bomb. Jeez, I haven't hit that button in forever. You know, it's funny. uh, Speaking of that, my wife has installed in our house a sound system that has John Sterling calls playing throughout the house at random times during the day. All rise. Here comes the judge. Yes. And every time a Yankee story has come up, especially, I don't know if you know, but the twins were swept by the Yankees in the postseason. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, well, at least. I don't have to go in and hear those calls all morning long and ruin my day. Yeah, we were. Re- oh my goodness, we. I think we played enough of them. Yeah, you would have gotten sick of it. Yeah, it uh, it w- it would have uh, driven me nuts. That that's for sure. But uh, bad. Glad to be back here this morning. Of course, uh, Mike Lucas in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, getting ready for the Badger basketball game tonight. The regular season opener. Against St. Mary's, he and uh, Matt LePay will have the tip and call tonight. I think you should just say Lukey's at the Pentagon because that's where the that game freaks me out. Because then it's people are like, why is what's what's going on? Why is yeah. Lukey in D.C.? You know, I did the uh, the hoops post game show on Friday after their exhibition game against Lacrosse, and as I was looking at the notes, getting ready to to do that, it freaked me out a little. bit. I kept seeing the Pentagon. The Pentagon. And it took me a little bit. Oh, that's right, that arena in South Sioux Falls that they. Uh, named it the Pentagon. No, they set up an arena just like they do in the Bahamas in a hotel yeah. room. Not in a hotel room, in a hotel banquet room. Yeah. So that's what they do. They set it up at the Pentagon and they play a game inside the Pentagon, the real Pentagon. That would be cool. No. Joe Krabenhoff's family, uh, big uh, behind the efforts in Sioux Falls to get this place built. And of course, Joe from the uh, Sioux Falls area. And I talked to him on Friday night after the game and he was excited. He said, I think it holds about 3,000 or so. He he anticipated about a third to half would be family members and friends of the Krabenhoffs that will be there uh, in attendance. <laughs> and I think I heard you say on the show last week or whatever, you were saying, isn't there something different about that arena? Because it didn't stand out in your mind. There, there was just something about it. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this, what I remember from when they played there, was it? 2013? 2013. 13, 13. Okay. Yep, the opener. Yeah, when they played against St. John's, is that right? Yes. That the court 
has a uh, a parquet-like look to it, you know, kind of like the Boston Garden, except that the floor is darker mm. so that it has a weird visual on TV and makes it kind of, um, I don't know, it's disconcerting to the eye because it's different than any other court that you see. You don't see many that are like that. Maybe the Oregon Ducks who always have a... Uh, a weird looking court or something like that. And that could be it. I also n- remember the, the baselines. Yeah. There are no seats. It's a wall. So it kind of reminds mm. you of that gym. I believe, I don't know, maybe you should The Google one it. in Maui? Um, it's just like a gym. Yeah. You know, like your old high school gym where, I don't know, we never had seats on the baselines at my old gym. You'd just run into the brick wall if you sure. kept going. Well, if you remember, I, uh, this is a great one at Thanksgiving when you're always looking for something late night to watch sports, the Maui Invitational, when that's going on, that at least, maybe both ends have it, but I know one end of the court mm-hmm. has just a wall there. And not only a wall, but they have this beautiful mural painting, whatever, that's up on the wall there of something native uh, to the Maui area. And it's cool, but they they had also done a study that teams had been shooting worse when they're going that direction because the shooting background kind of is just so off-putting to you in seeing this huge mural back there, and there's not stands, and there's hard to get the depth perception, whatever the reason might be. But it's cool to look at in the background. But the, like you said, there's no seats going back that way. Yeah, so I'm pulling up some photos now of the uh, Sanford Pentagon, not the Samford Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Uh looks like there are some bleachers on one side. But I think on the other side, there aren't. I think it's just a wall. Okay. So, I don't know. It's You'll find out tonight when you watch the Badger game. Maybe I was, maybe I was just looking at it wrong. Well, just... it'll be an interesting opener uh, against the St. Mary's team that's ranked in the top 25, that has a lot of guys back from a year ago, and uh, has some expectations of their own. And the Badgers, with some new faces and uh, and some old faces gone, like Ethan Happ and Khalil Iverson and Charlie Thomas. When you say a lot of guys back, you also mean a player that played last season for Cincinnati and then got his uh, transfer waiver, uh, whatever. Right. He was able eligible to play is what I'm trying to say right away. Uh-huh. Unlike Micah Potter, but don't get Lukey started on that. I thought this show yeah. was controversy-free. I didn't think we were going there already this yeah. morning. Yeah, exactly. That makes no sense I, I was. It's funny. I was explaining this to my son uh, over the weekend. We were talking about it, and he asked because I'd worked the game on Friday, and he said, "So what'd you see, Dad? What'd you what'd you think of the team?" And I was telling the story about Micah and that he's not in place. Why? And I said, "Well, he, he sat out all of last year, and he went to school. And in fact, you know, Duncan, even like you, his teacher basically wrote him a note. The opposing coach, the Ohio State coach, the Ohio State AD, they're all writing letters of commendation, basically, and recommendation that this guy should be able to play. You know, let him transfer to us. And for some reason, the NCAA and its ultimate wisdom." has decided that he is the one that apparently the one transfer that can't work out to play right away. I don't know honestly what we're missing and I wish there was more transparency from the uh uh from the NCAA but I mean Potter did practice with Ohio State leading he didn't play in the game but he left right before the first game. Right. So he was around the team but that doesn't make sense since a guy that they'll be facing tonight the Badgers will played games. Played yeah. actual games for a team last year. Yeah, that doesn't make sense and I thought Wondered anyway, was it because he spent that full semester in school at Ohio State until he transferred? That's true. Which is stupid because, well, but he didn't play ball. He went to school. He did what you wanted him to do, continue to get his education and not pull out after a semester's already started and mess his whole thing up. That's a good point. Would it have been better for Potter to drop out of school a semester? And I don't even know if he's eligible then, but then join the Badgers because then the NCAA could have said, well, at least he wasn't at Ohio State. 
Right, which makes no sense, at least from an education standpoint. If you're trying to say they're exactly. student, uh, quote-unquote, athletes, yeah. uh, he stayed a student, got his education, and everybody's on board with this. Anyway, the Badgers, minus Micah Potter, will tip it off last night. We'll talk more about that. We'll have Jeff Patrikas at 745 to talk Badger hoops and a uh, little Badger football as well as they return to action this week to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Hey, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but oh, here good. it comes. Yeah. Um, I put out a poll question today. Really? Yeah, this usually doesn't happen. The only poll questions I've put out over the last few months are ones that Lukey comes up with with his ridiculous uh, sure. options for answers. Now, when you put out a poll question, did you just write them down on a piece of paper and hang it out the window? Or where do you put said I put this on question? Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, at John Audius Radio. I did tag you, Vogie. Okay, uh, That's J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S. Hashtag, hey, fellas, what's up? If you don't know how to spell my name. Um, and, and this has to do from the Aaron Rodgers comments about uh, the players. And he said maybe they were, what did, how did he phrase it? Maybe they had too much fun. I, I I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not sure exactly his. his they got a little Cali in their brains on, yeah. the, on their mind. And then night. Matt Lafleur was asked about it, um, about Rogers questioning how they handled their 48 hour stay in California, and it got me thinking. Okay, let's settle this once and for all. What's the biggest reason the Packers lost to the Chargers on Sunday? Because the storyline emerging nationally now is that Aaron Rodgers questions his teammates and how they handled themselves. Now Matt LaFleur is being asked about it. And now the news cycle is lasting a little bit longer. And everyone's saying, we're the Packers uh, players partying and whatnot. So, too much fun away from the field. They were overconfident. The Chargers are just a good team. Or they had defensive issues. So those are your four options on the Twitter poll question. In early results right now, 53% say the Packers are overconfident. And that's where I lean toward. You lean towards that the whole the team was just overconfident. I feel there are so many things at play. They they're seven and one. They're playing a three win team. The the crowd is pro Packers, so they get a little like confident. Hey, we got the home crowd even today. Sure, Devontae Adams is back. You know, Aaron Rodgers is rolling two st- two straight weeks. Everyone's talking about he's the MVP. Yep. Aaron Jones is having a a fantastic couple of games as well. Coming off how many total yards did he have? In the game before, like 200 and whatever. A billion. A on my fantasy total, team, I happen to notice that, yeah. A billion total <laughs> yeah, yards. Yes. And they're like, okay, well, let's just... And Devontae's back. And then I thought that was overconfident of them. And then they realized, oh, shoot, the Chargers actually have lost some close games and they're pretty dang good. See, it doesn't work well in a poll question, but is it possible that it's a little of all of the of the above? Uh, probably, they were a little yeah. overconfident. Some guys maybe took some liberties on the extra night out in L.A. Uh, and were out a bit. But... When I heard the uh, the partying or whatever it was that they weren't maybe all on the same page as to this was a business trip, that doesn't explain like a David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga get beaten like rented mules against two really good defensive ends, does it? No, those are good Chargers defensive players, and Bakhtiari and Balaga didn't have the best games, probably. Uh, it, I don't know, does it explain that there was the video clip going around on social media yesterday where Rodgers flips one out to Devontae Adams in the flat, like a wide receiver screen almost. And the two oh, other yeah. receivers out there don't bother to block. They're just running straight down the field as if they're running a different play than what was being run by Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So there's a whole, maybe it's all of the above, which, again, doesn't work well for a poll question. Answer. Yeah. You just have to pick one. I just don't think this is a thing that lingers. I, I think the Packers are better than that. Yeah. Now, are they 7-1 and one good? Or are they more of a 10-win overall team win good? I don't know, but I know they're better than that. And so I don't think... We'll see a performance like that again, unless they face like, like I could see them not doing well offensively against the 49ers. Yep. When they face the 49ers, just because they're facing a better team. I think the most confusing part about it, though, was the odd sideline report. 
from, uh, I've forgotten the woman's name. Tracy Wilson. Tracy Wilson, who reported. She didn't fully explain what it was yeah. about getting there. And then if you listen to the full post-game press conference, which I did yesterday on uh, Packers' website, Matt LaFleur, almost the first or second question he was asked by Rob Demosky from ESPN about that report, but in such a short manner that it didn't give much detail, and I think it caught the head coach off guard. And so Matt LaFleur was asked about, basically, did they get to the stadium late? That's what, because the way Tracy reported, maybe their bus odd. got to the stadium late. You said wondering, you were wondering, I was wondering, like, okay, what exactly is she trying to say? Yeah, it didn't flush out, because they were so busy worrying about that sideline gig they were doing. They had Romo and Nance on the sideline, and Tracy was here, and she was giving that report as she was walking over to them. So it was like an odd dance where you then forget your lines to the school play. So she didn't be, it didn't get all flushed out completely. We'll flush out more of it with Jim Osarski from the Journal Sentinel at 6.30 Talk Packers. See which one of the options on John's poll question he chooses as to why the Packers played so poorly and lost to the Chargers. We'll have Jess Patrikas at 7.45 to preview the Badger basketball game and football as well and talk to Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel about all things Packers, that and more, on a Lucas-free Lucas in the Morning. ugly. Really ugly. Let's get this party started! <laughs> Bringing it back. The good, bad, and the ugly. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Rob Vogel alongside John Audius. Mike Lucas in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, getting ready for the Badgers' regular season opener against St. Mary's tonight. They'll have all the action for you this evening, but right now we've got to catch up on the good, bad, and ugly of the sports Weekend than was. You brought material for this, right, John? You got uh, your yeah, homework yeah, assignment on this one? Yeah, exactly. Dial yeah, that I'm up not, quickly. I'm not searching at all. Nope. See, now, if we're staying in the form that we did this before, Luke and I never, ever discussed what the other guy had for good, bad, or ugly, and we just rolled the dice to see if we could not have the same thing. So I completely went off the board. I'm sure of where you're going with good. I'm, I feel pretty safe that you don't have this one. Okay, let's go for it. Let's I went see. with Madison High School football. Yeah, I did How not How about go that there. for did good? Not go yes. there at all. No. Uh, the state football playoffs going on. Madison Memorial has advanced to uh, level three where they will take on Sun Prairie. So a couple of big eight teams playing uh, this coming weekend. Madison Memorial in the playoffs so far has outscored its two opponents 72 to six. I think that's pretty that's good. That's rather dominating. They played uh, Sun Prairie in week one of the regular season, one by three points, 28 25. So it should be a good rematch. Wanakee in Division Two still alive to Forest in Division Three. So my good is Madison Area High School of Football. Let's see if we can get a couple of these teams all the way to Camp Randall at the end of November for the state championship games. All right, very good. Uh, my good is a mixture of good and ugly. But I'm. Wait, what? It started out ugly. <laughs> You're changing the format of yeah, this thing. Yeah, okay. it's, it's kind of, I'm throwing a curveball here a little bit. All right. So it started off ugly with Jermaine Whitehead and all the racist oh, and yeah. uh, threatening, uh, violent tweets he had to people sure. after he was upset and somebody called out his play in the Browns. And, and I think it turned out good because he got waved. He got waved. Good. I'm uh-huh. glad because it feels like most times an NFL team protects its players. I guess if you're good enough, they protect you, right? 
Like if this was Tom Brady, I don't think the Patriots would be releasing Tom Brady. Sure. So I understand that. I don't know. I just thought it was good that there, there seems to be, at least for the most part, a resolution to the whole crazy Jermaine Whitehead story. All right, I'm going to give you See, the it's a choice. Stretch. It's a bit of a yeah, stretch. I'm going to give you the choice because I have a number of ones that could go bad or could go ugly here. So bad could be high school football, not local. Bad could be golf. Uh, I'll give you that option. Oh, I know what I want. Or bad Zadaria Smith. I, I don't know if, how much you spent time talking about Zadaria oh, Smith. Uh, choose your Cited adventure. for possession and speeding. Oh, we could sort of put that on there as a char- as one of the reasons why they lost. Um, um, so go ahead and choose. Which which way should I go for bad? So this is like those books back in elementary school where yes. you have to choose your own adventure. Yes, exactly. I'm going to go the golf route because I know you usually dig up some really good golf stories. Well, there's been some golf Broadcasting changes and a couple of longtime fixtures are, are gone. Well, there's two golf stories that I had for bad. One is CBS, after umpteen million years, said bye bye to Gary McCord, uh, the longtime analyst, funny man, yeah. irreverent uh, golf voice. Uh, they decided to let him go along with Peter Costas, who's known mostly as a, you know, a swing coach, a, a tech teacher, a technician. He, he would do the slow ball replays and analyze everybody's Why swing. Why did they do that? Well, they've decided that they said uh, their coverage was getting a bit stale. So that this is the way they wanted to go, which is funny because McCord is the most outspoken, irreverent voice they have on their network. But, okay. you know, they've brought in Tony Romo. They're bringing in other people, and that's how they're trying to spice up their golf coverage. So they're getting rid of them. When both of those guys thought they were going to get to go out on their own terms, it was going to be a year or two. They're both in their 70s and said that's when their contracts will end. They'll probably, you know, just call it quits after a year or two. They've decided, nope, you're gone now. So both Costas and McCord will not be on the golf coverage. I know I'm a broadcaster and an announcer. Yeah. Have you, and, and this might be the wrong person, you might be the wrong person to ask. Have you ever turned into a golf event and said, oh, shoot, so-and-so is on the call. I better turn this on. No. Have you ever said that? No, I didn't care. Like if a major champion, oh, I'm sorry, oh, this is on the wrong network. Actually, I like watch. Johnny Miller much better. I'm not going to be watching it. That's right. Oh, it's That's a golf why, event. And, and once again, I know this sounds really weird coming from an announcer, uh, but I, I don't know. I think the, the event sells itself more so than oh, if you're trying to spice up the coverage. Absolutely. Like you can get more viewers because... You've got somebody else other than McCord yep. or Costas showing you how to swing a golf club. That, that doesn't make sense. They just enhance or, if they really go out of their way, hurt your enjoyment. Of- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Watching the events. Funny, I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody tweeted out, the, there's a, a that's sports in the 70s uh, page sport, on yeah, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. And they always have great funny stuff yeah. in pictures. Uh, they had... A picture of Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson. And I'm like, those guys were... I never tuned into a game because they were on, but if I flipped on the game and they were doing the game, I knew it was a big AFC playoff game or football game. I knew it was the Rose Bowl. I knew it was something big. And I knew they weren't going to make me mad at the announcers doing it, that I was going to enjoy it because of them as well. Uh, My bad. uh, we got to hustle through this, by the way, now. Um, The Timberwolves Bucks start... (laughs) <laughs> was delayed by 49 minutes last night, yes. I believe is the number, because the rim was bent. 
The rim on one side was bent. They had a level out there on the bent rim, and uh, so that delayed the game. And then also at the half, I'm not sure I'm exactly going to explain how this went down correctly, Mm -hmm. but it was a wild sequence that was just confusing at halftime. As Giannis drove down the lane with time winding down, time expires, he drives it and lays up, basket good, buzzer sounds. Yeah. They called a charge. They then looked at the, the, the film. Was it... Did it happen before the buzzer sounded? It did. 0.2 seconds, charge, Timberwolves basketball. Bucks challenge the call. They say it wasn't a charge. They go back. They look at it. Okay, it was actually a block. It's the Bucks ball, and it counts the basket, even though Giannis laid it up after the buzzer because the clock stops when there's a, a foul called, which then they gave him the continuation. So he continued with no time remaining, right. uh, you know, uh, or with no time on the clock because the clock stopped. He laid it up. So it was an and one. They put him at the free throw line for one, but everybody thought that the basket didn't count because the the thing, the, the buzzer had sounded, the light had gone off. So they thought he had two shots. So Giannis misses the free throw. He grabs the ball, about to hand it off. Everybody stands around. Then Giannis flips it up and they go, no, 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 hold on. That was just one. Uh, it's halftime and everybody left. Be honest, when it was going down and you first heard this, how much did you know that you could actually review? Like I, I'm like, oh, you, I don't you, know. wait a minute, you sure could yet. challenge a block charge? I, was I not aware of this? Did I just miss this? I don't like this, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm all for getting things right on replay, but this feels like, you know what, this can just be a judgment call and let's move on. I think it's funny there's like a green light that flashes near the coaches, uh, like right where the coaches sit. Like, yeah. do, do we need a green flashing light? Like, I don't know, it just it looks kind of cheesy. All right, so there were so, there's some ugly that I don't know how ugly we want to get to. So I'm going to go back to the high school football one because this one is is ugly and confusing. And see if you can explain this. A Long Island high school football coach, John, was suspended for running up the score. Well, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? That's pretty unsportsmanlike. Uh, and then this was a playoff game. His team won 61 to 13. But you know what, John? He was suspended not for actually violating the rules, but the spirit of him. The other coach said he wasn't trying to run it up. Nobody was saying accusing this coach of running up. He took his starters out. The, he played the game. Um, it's because the game was won by more than 42 points that a review board is automatically called in to see if there was bad sportsmanship in running up the really? score. Yeah, and the score wasn't out of hand. It was see they were leading. Uh, they entered the fourth quarter up by 35, and 42 is the magical number. So as the fourth quarter started, they hadn't even reached that number yet. And they accused him running up the score when nobody, including the other coach, is saying the guy ran up the score. And so he was suspended for their next playoff game. The fact that there's a committee to review running up the score makes me want to have a coach just run up the score times a billion just to be like, blank you. You have a flipping committee to do this. Why do we need? Oh, my God. That infuriates me. I'm all for sportsmanship. But when the other coach isn't even complaining and you haven't even reached that cutoff mark of the rule... I don't know what the guy's supposed to do. Um, well, we don't have time for what I really wanted to do most. We'll have to say, I'm going to save, save it for 645. I'll, I'll save my ugly for 645, <laughs> okay. and I'll give you my other ugly real quick. A Fortnite player has been banned for life. Why? A Fortnite player has been banned for life. He is a member of an esports team. Uh, he had an emotional YouTube video telling his nearly 2 million subscribers he was unaware his actions would lead to a ban. What did he do? He had an aimbot. He had in these videos just to entertain people, he said. He says he's never used it in competition. An aimbot is a way of cheating. It allows players to shoot competitors without having to take careful aim. So he had this video in which he's using an aimbot, yeah. like just 
dominating. Okay. He said it was just to entertain. He's never used it in a real competition, and Fortnite banned him for life. I, I already life. don't really understand Fortnite. Fortnite. I, gotta tell you, I know. I know. For life? <laughs> that's pretty hard. Major League Baseball. They don't mess around in Fortnite. No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, NFL, you can do PEDs, and you're like, yeah, okay, poor games, whatever. PEDs? Fort- you can be in accidents and kill people. You know, you can drive in a drunk driver like a car, and you're back in the NFL. You know, Lawrence Phillips, you know, how many times does he get? So many weird things. So yeah, there you go. On, that's my on down the line. I got another ugly coming up at All right, speaking of car crashes, uh, the Packers were one on Sunday in San Diego. Jim Osarski from the Journal Sentinel will join us next to talk about where did it go wrong with the Packers, and then is this a one and done or signs of trouble to come? That and more next on Lucas in the Morning. Yeah, I think any time you go out there and you have a game like that, you, you kind of look at everything you did and think all of us, coaches, players, have to look inward and, and make sure we were doing the right things and really learn from that experience so we don't have another one of those moving forward because we have another West Coast trip here coming up in a couple weeks. That the voice of Packers head coach Matt LaFleur talking about his team's struggles out in Los Angeles. I almost said San Diego. I was going to say San Diego when they lost to the uh, the Chargers this past Sunday. And joining us now to uh, talk about it, where it went wrong, what happened. Fresh from partying all weekend in L.A. is Jim Osarski from the Journal Sentinel. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, we got to start out with what John has turned into a poll question and has been the uh, the debate topic at least for the last 24 to 48 hours since the since the loss of uh, what happened? Were they too busy partying out there? So here's here's the poll question. John, you lay it out for Jim, what you've got as your poll question. Yeah, at John Audius Radio, that's hashtag, hey, fellas, what's up? If you don't know how to spell my last name. What's the biggest reason the Packers lost to the Chargers on Sunday? Too much fun away from the field. They were overconfident. Chargers are just a good team or defensive issues. 57% right now, Jim, say they were overconfident, followed by a tie for second, defensive issues at 16%, and too much fun away from the field at 16%? Uh, well, I guess I'm happy <laughs> that, that the fans are, uh, the listeners are going more towards the on-field issues as opposed to, you know, I guess the easy bait of, of Aaron Rodgers' comments about, you know, the 48 hours leading up to it. Now, I, I, I mean, look, that's, that's their truth, and maybe they feel, or maybe the quarterback felt, you know, some guys weren't, mentally prepared but i don't know guys i mean they they were beat up you know the chargers the chargers just took it to them offensive offensively defensively special teams i mean uh, you know i think the chargers were look i i i didn't think they were playing that well i didn't think we were we were going to see the 12 win playoff team um you know from a year ago and we did and so i i I think that's why they lost more than anything. And the whatever happened over the weekend, uh, however much partying or however much just not focusing certain players were doing, that wouldn't impact a game plan like a defensive one that keeps sending players in and putting them in the same position play after play and the Chargers just keep running it play after play to, to counter that. I mean, how much were you surprised by, especially with the defense, I guess, didn't do and didn't react or change at all to the way the Chargers were attacking them? Um, you know, initially not surprised because Mike Patton basically said Thursday night guys that that's, um, that's what he was 
probably going to do. So I asked him Thursday. I said, you know, hey, you know, a guy like Philip Rivers, you know, you hadn't really dealt with a quarterback like that yet, you know, where he has literally seen everything. He's like Rodgers in that way. You know, what can you do against that guy? And Mike Patton flat out said, he's like, it's not a scheme game. You know, you're not, you're not going to show him anything, do anything that's going to fool that guy. So it's all about execution. So on, on one hand, I'm not surprised. You know, he, he probably picked a defense that he felt if the if his players executed it the right way, would get the job done. So on one hand, not surprised. Now, in-game, um, once it became clear that they were having some issues with pressure, as as Philip Rivers said after the game, they just was like, oh, okay, I am seeing this. It's the same. Let's just keep kind of doing the same thing. I am a little surprised that, um, you know, once it started getting away, especially after the block punt and the touchdown, you know, really made it a three-score game. I am a little surprised Penton didn't adjust and maybe try to get after the quarterback a little more. Do we give credit to the defense uh, for this bend-but-not-breaking type of resiliency that they do have? Because the Packers were in the game. There were a lot of field goals by the Chargers in those first few drives, even though it looked like, and, and they were dominating the, the statistical, the, the stat sheet. I mean, do you give some credit for that type of defense? Yeah, I mean, this is what they've been, you know, pretty much the last five weeks. You know, giving up 25 points a game, um, you know, aside from that penalty on the on the the field goal, which Anthony Lynn then, then went for it to score a touchdown. I mean, it would have been 22-3. to three. I mean, it, they were sort of on pace to kind of do what they've been doing. Now, so on one hand, yes, like they had been keeping teams out of the end zone. Now, I will say, if you continue to allow a team to put together six to eight minute drives, yeah. <laughs> um, that's not great. And it, it does put undue pressure on the offense in the sense that look, right. Uh, you know, again, first quarter, if the Packers go three and out, well then they only get to run six plays. So uh, yes, credit in terms of the, the no touchdowns, John, but I mean, yeah, you got to get off the field a little quicker than that. So I guess the the big question now, as they get ready to prepare for Carolina this week, are you more inclined? I know fans, we want to make every game be like it's the Super Bowl. We're going to overreact one way or another. A week ago, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, and the Packers' offense was finally firing on all cylinders. This week, he's not even in the top ten of MVPs. Is this a one-and-done, do you think, what happened against the Chargers? Or are you more inclined to say there's some uh, bigger trouble signs here we should pay attention to? The defense has been what it's been. So I, I, Mike Patton might need the buy to figure that out. Offensively, I'm curious to see, honestly. We don't know. I mean, they had been really moving since that Chicago game, guys. I mean, this is the first time since that first week or two or three, maybe, where the offense really struggled. Um, you know, 49 plays. This is very much like – it reminded me of Chicago, to be honest. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I don't – I don't believe we'll see this through the, the weeks, but we'll we'll find out. We don't know, right? This is Matt LaFleur's first go-around. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't Mitchell Trubisky quarterbacking the Chargers this time right. around. It was uh, Philip Rivers. Jim, we, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you later in the week as we get ready for the Packers and the Carolina Panthers. Sounds good, guys. All right. Hey, by the way, Jim Ozarski brought to you by Metro Ford and Metro Kia of East Madison. Thank you very much, John. For the first time ever, the good, bad, and ugly 
has a return two-part segment. So you'll get to get to your ugly. I also will finally get to, let's call it my airing of grievances here as we get ready for the holiday season. I get to bring you some TMZ Packers, Aaron oh. Rodgers, Danica Patrick, family life news. Yes, Lukey has been asking me to bring it in, and I brought it in today. So we'll get to that and much more on Lucas in the Morning. Ah, thank you for bringing us back. With some boss, the Bruce Springsteen. On Lucas in the morning, Rob Vogel alongside John Adias. Mike Lucas in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where the Badger basketball season tips off tonight against St. Mary's. We'll talk with Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel at 745 about that, and maybe a little Badger football as well as they get ready to return to action against the Iowa Hawkeyes. But first, John, we got to get to it quick. Let's finish up. The good, bad, and ugly. You had an ugly you needed to work in that needed a little more time. Yeah, it happened in Monday Night Football last night, and it's ugly for the New York Giants. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Giants were beating the Cowboys until a black cat entered <laughs> the field. A black cat entered. I feel like I need, like, Twilight Zone. And then things went downhill from there. The Cowboys dominated the rest of the game and went on to beat the Giants. But this is how it sounded. On Westwood One. A black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, to the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch and run of 15. Now the cat has stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. The black cat is at the other end of the field. He's black at the cat eight. doesn't know that it was last Thursday that was Halloween. Thursday oh, night right. football, yeah, not Monday night football. He's a little bit late. Now he is sitting <laughs> and looking. Now he's at the five. He's Who brought the walking. cat? He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. Well, now I know why you needed more time to get that old call in there. Uh, Dak Prescott afterwards. I just was wondering who was going to catch the thing. Uh, I wasn't getting close to it. I'm not uh, superstitious or anything, but I wasn't getting near it. And thankful we got that thing out of the stadium and was able to get back to the game. And you know what it reminded me of? And I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm taking up all the time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Kevin Harlan during a game once when a fan ran onto the field? Yes. If you don't, here it is. Four looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the coat. left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. 
Kurt Warner <laughs> along his side for both of those calls on the uh, color. If anything weird like that is going to happen at a game, I want Kevin Harlan to be the play-by-play guy. So I loved it. I because loved he it. loves it and gets into that. All right, the one bit of TMZ news oh, that I've boy. needed to get out there uh, in, involving Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Danica Patrick. A source close to the situation told E! News things between Aaron and his family are improving slowly. But it is happening. Aaron is back on speaking terms with his family, including his brother Jordan. And it's really all happening with the help of Danica, who is bridging the gap between everyone. Now, this came in immediate response, this story being put out there, to a few days earlier to Aaron's ex, Olivia Munn. I don't know if you saw her in an interview. Yes. Basically say that uh, some things in her previous relationship were not the best for her personally and in her career. Emotionally abusive relationship is yes. how she phrased yes. it. Yes. So... Uh, good news, things apparently improving for Aaron and the family. And that is your Aaron Rodgers TMZ news update. I'll be back in about three months with uh, another one of those for you. <laughs> no, no. On the other side, we'll have uh, birthdays coming your way. We're going to talk with Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about all things Packers. And Jeff Patrikas at 745. We'll get you set for tip-off of the Badgers basketball season tonight as they take on St. Mary's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons. It's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You said it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Well, fitting right in where we left off on this show, we have not talked about birthdays at all. I have no clue in which direction we're going. Grateful Dead? You have Grateful Dead? Thank you. It's right, my awesome. go-to for Grateful Dead. Okay, it's the perfect. only song I pick. Now, the reason for Grateful Dead is because it's one of the, the true treasures in sports broadcasting's birthday today. He's the perfect late-night college basketball yes. analyst, and the season tips off tonight. Who am I speaking of, John? Talking about the one and only Bill Walton. Yes, you are correct. Bill Walton, born on this date in 1952. He played for the Portland Trailblazers, won a world championship in 1977. Played for the Boston Celtics, won a world championship in 1986 on the greatest team of all time. Uh, Born in Las Mesa, California, back in 1952. So, happy birthday. And who is his play-by-play man on the late-night college basketball? What's the connection to uh, Madison, John? Um, Dave Pash. Madison native Dave Pash, yeah. Oh, oh, what's it in? Play of the millennium. <laughs> ah, I've grown to just love Bill Watton in the late night college basketball game. Speaking of Bubba's, Bubba Watson, born on this date in 1978. How many major championships does Bubba Watson have, John? Bubba Watson has... Two? Two is correct. Okay, I know two the masters. masters titles, 2012, oh, two 14. Titles. Born in Baghdad, Florida. Oh, that always just sticks out that he was born in. You say, yeah, I was born in Baghdad, Florida, really? not Iraq. Thank oh. you very much. All right, so switching musical gears. This one's gonna 
take the rest of the birthday segment. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing here. This is weird. Pick one. You got. I gave you three options from one of the greatest artists of all times, at least of the 80s and of my high school year. He's the GOAT, apparently. Brian Adams, yes. Canada's Woo! own, turning 60 today. Brian Adams. Nick Folk, NFL quarterback, born on this date in 1984. All right, Chris Jenner... Bruce Jenner's former wife, Kris Jenner, of the Kardashian show, uh, turned 64 today as Kevin Jonas turned 32. And I told you I just just watched the DVD with my son of Peanuts, Charlie Brown. Yeah. I could tell the date because Charlie Brown was competing in the decathlon. And Peppermint (laughs) Patty goes, what do you want to be, Bruce Jenner? And I'm like, well, this must have been from the 70s before everything else happened. I hope it wasn't another reference to where Chuck was going with his life. And then Charlie Brown, I'm going to have to explain to my son what's going on. Vivian Lee, she is known for what, John? Vivian Lee? Yeah, Vivian Lee. She is the first female <laughs> to ever. I'm going to give you a second to think of it, by the way, because let me tell you, in the past two months, the thing that has frustrated me the most about not being here in the mornings is listening to you when Luke throws names and historical dates at you, and you go, um, don't know. And I want to be there to say, John, I can help you with this when I know it. First female to ever record oh, no, a number you. one hit. No, that's not true. No? That's not true. Vivian Lee, Gone with the Wind. She oh. was Scarlett O'Hara, for heaven's sake. <laughs> oh, and in A Streetcar Named oh, Desire. Oh. Two big, pretty big classics. Vivian Lee, born on this date in 1913. All right, you got the you got the other Brian Adams tune with Tina Turner. Oh, oh, sure. Well, you can do this one too. You can, I thought you were going to end with that one, but do the Tina Turner one because you got to make sure to get this one in. Uh, because it's not Tina Turner's birthday, as we hear Brian Adams with Tina Turner. It's Ike Turner, his birthday today. He's not so celebrating. He's no longer play, with us. He was born in 2007. So why not play Brian? No, Adams? No, because because Brian Adams is singing with Tina Turner, who is Ike's former wife. He was born on this date in 1931. Yeah, I could have done Proud Mary, but I wanted to stick with the Brian Adams theme. Uh, first AL pitcher to win an MVP, Denny McLean in 1968 on this date. Uh, John Madden became the 13th coach to win 100 NFL games on this date in 1978. And John, in Milwaukee, what was happening on this date of November 5th, 1988? What happened in Milwaukee? November 5th, 1988, the Bradley Center opened. The first game at the Bradley Center. Am I right? You are right, sir. Who did the Bucs play, and what was the result? They played the Bulls. They did not play the Bulls. They played the Atlanta Hawks, and they lost 107-94 on this date in 1988. Hour number two, Tom Silverstein to talk Packers at 7.15, and Jeff Patrikas, also from the Journal Sentinel at 7.45, talk Badger football and hoops. The season tips off tonight. This is Lucas in the Morning. Patrons. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, oh, what a beautiful morning. This is Lucas in the morning. I'm from the old school. I got a lot of street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? The show where the hot topics get doused with a bucket of cold water. Now that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for a radio ride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. Sorry, that booing is for me today. Rob Vogel in for Mike Lucas, who is in 
Sioux Falls, South Dakota, getting ready for the Badger basketball season. A tip-off Bogey tonight. with another bomb! Indeed. Against St. Mary's, a top 25 team. Should be a good season opener for the Badgers. I got the chance to watch against UW Lacrosse last Friday night in their exhibition opener. Joining us now, as he does always at this time, is Brian Posick. Oh, wait a minute. Where's your sponsor? No no, no, no sponsors. Brian Posick is brought to us by UW-Badgers Hockey. Good morning, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kawhi. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, Well, I'm a little off. Why is that? Because um, (laughs) I realized over the past couple of months what has been good about the change Mm -hmm. is I've slept a little bit in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. From between noon and three, John and Brian, I woke up every hour. Thing like, oh, I don't want to oversleep and right, miss right, him. Right. And then from three until about five or five fifteen, when I texted John, I woke up every half an hour. <laughs> I just kept rolling over and looking at the clock. I'm like, I know I've got an alarm set. What yeah. am I so worried about? Mm-hmm. But I was so fearful of oversleeping mm-hmm. because I'd gotten into that habit of like, oh, I'm gonna sleep until six thirty. Oh, you now. should still be here full time, but what, whatever. It's, well, whatever. It's nice yeah. to be back and uh, and talking with you guys. You know, one of the things <laughs> I have to uh, do since I started waking up early mm-hmm. is I have to trust the alarm. Yeah, because yeah. I in my head, my I'll do the same thing. I'll wake up and then I'll tell my head, I'll be like, "Stop it, stupid head! We did this already, Stop it, stupid head! We did this. It's yep. set. So Go to bed." Like yesterday, Mondays are long days, and so I I went home, got home about three thirty or so, and uh-huh. I got here at about quarter to four yesterday morning. So I get home and I was like, "I got I got to lay down." So I lay down and set my alarm so that I could get up and start making dinner and stuff. And my alarm went off at five sixteen, which is what I set it for, mm-hmm. and I thought I was late for work. <laughs> You know, it's do like, you set multiple? Oh, wow! Do you guys have I a backup so alarm? Do you nope, have no. you have the one going no, on? No, nope. no, no. So if my phone dies or something like that, yeah, yeah. so be it. Well, it's funny because we're <laughs> we're also trained to use our phones for pretty much everything right, right now. Right. And this came up last night. I was watching both little the Bucks game and the Monday Night Football game, yeah. and doing something else I didn't do before, and I'm now doing now with my new lifestyle, yeah. having a conversation with my wife. Hey, what you, you know, know? We're just actually talking on the evening. Yeah. And she's baking a, um, a an applesauce cake for my kid's school today Yum. to take for this party. Yeah. Well, she's got the stove alarm set. The yeah. kid's sleeping in the other room. And okay. I don't know what your stoves are like, but most stove alarms are incredibly loud. loud. Oh, yeah. I mean, that yeah. thing buzzes and goes, eh. And I, I'm saying, like, couldn't you just set your alarm on your cell phone? Sure. You know, it's nice and quiet. You mm-hmm. can set it to whatever level you want. Yeah. And you can have it in your hand. You don't have to get up and run out of the sure. room to go do that. Because we're having an important conversation. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Not important to you, Which honey? is why five minutes later I was wearing an applesauce cake across my face <laughs> when she threw it at me and said, shut the you-know-what up. Sure. So yeah. so what's going on with you? How was the uh, the road trip over the uh, weekend? The road trip was all right. You know, Penn State's really good, and, and Wisconsin uh, struggled. So as Tony Granato mentioned in the press conference yesterday, they've got to stay to their game and yep. not get caught up in what other teams are doing. So they're they're going down to Omaha this weekend for another non-conference series, and we'll see how they get going. Because really, the, and then the heart of the Big Ten starts up. Notre Dame's in town next weekend. Then the Badgers go to Minnesota. I mean, it's yeah, it's time to kind of get everything in order here and, and get get on the winning track instead of winning a couple and losing a couple. So I have a question for you about the men's hockey team, and I don't know if there there is an answer to this or it's, it's unknown. Yeah. But I thought of this after Friday's game and listening to you on the on the call on Friday, listening to your call and watching the game on the Big Ten Network yeah. both Friday and Saturday. And Saturday's game was much different, but Friday there were so many penalties, so many yep. extracurriculars yep. after whistles and attempts. Yep. There is a rivalry between these two There's teams. There's no question. I wondered at some point, 
Is it too much? Is it getting to them affecting the way they play? You yeah. know, do the kids know it? Do the coaches know it? they feel yeah. that they really want to beat each other so bad that they're taking it over the edge? Now, Saturday was toned down yeah. in, in the number of penalties, right. but, you know, they right. lost an important player well, for Saturday, yeah, too. Yeah, I think a lot of it, they were, they were just frustrated. They yeah. couldn't, they could, you know, the first three shots by Penn State, the first three goals were from the blue line through traffic. They weren't pretty. I mean, Wisconsin scores pretty goals. Penn State, not so much. Yeah. And so three pucks get past the goaltender, and you're like, well, that, that stinks. They didn't really do anything but they did they had had traffic in front of the net and what have you something wisconsin hasn't done very well and then their fourth goal was just to bounce off the backboards you know to a wide open guy on the left wing on the power play and so they they became frustrated is what they did and then roman ashan um you know was was bouncing guys all over the place and got a five minute major in the corner for roughing up dennis smirnoff I, I just think frustration set in. And and then Saturday or Friday, because it was a Thursday-Friday series, they, they played better. They played more to their uh, abilities, more to the way Tony wants them to play, but still not good enough. And, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, uh, Granado thinks they kind of just stood around and still watched too much. So uh, they were working on different things in practice yesterday, nut front presence and being tougher and finding different ways to score goals instead of just beautiful two-on-one odd man rushes. Yeah. and Because uh, they, they're going to have to – figure that out here pretty soon that's something certainly you see with high skilled players especially young high skilled players that you're trying to get the perfect two-on-one three-on-two dangle and walk around a guy and snipe one which they can do yeah but when it doesn't work especially against penn state it feeds into their style of play so if you don't connect those passes and finish off that odd man rush penn state's going the other way with numbers and you're in trouble and you can tell there are a number of times with watching the action where i feel like gosh wisconsin has the puck in their control Mm. what seems like three quarters of the game and then look up but they're being outshot by 10 or 15 shots how is that possible (laughs) that's Penn State, they get off the, the bench and pucks on their stick at the red line. They throw it at the net. That's just where they do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wisconsin basketball, the post-Ethan Happ era. Let's yeah. see what this team's all about. When will Micah Potter, if Micah Potter will ever be allowed to play in this semester for the Wisconsin Badgers? Otherwise, it's Nate Reavers, maybe a little Joe Hedstrom, but we're going to see a bunch of 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'7", guys running around the court here, which might be kind of fun. Quick expectation. Do you expect him to be in the NCAA tournament, and do you expect him to be top four in the Big Ten? I say yes, and mm, ah, I, I don't know if I can say they can be in the top four yet. I mean, you look at Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, I don't know if I can put him there yet. John's favorite. I saw Bracketology, John, yesterday. The Badgers were a 10 seed going up against the number 7 seed, Florida State, in Tampa in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Good to see you again, Brian. Take care. Thanks, Brian. That's Brian Posick. Coming up next, Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll talk about the Packers. Was it one and done or sign of trouble to come for this team? Next on Lucas in the Morning. I mean, I think any time you go out and you put a performance like that, that's the first thing that comes to mind, was were we into it? And we talked about it all week, that this game was going to take laser focus. You know, when you're sitting at 7-1 and you're playing a team that's 3-5, and I don't care. That was a good football team. And that's what I told our guys, is I don't think I did a good enough job of preparing our players for what type of team they were about to play. Preparing or setting a curfew, whatever the case might have been. What what are you going to say, John? Okay, I'm sorry. And listen, I know everybody loves LeFleur, and I do too. And there's great chemistry in this team, and I'm not debating that they're not a good to great team. But there are sometimes, that comment, Mike McCarthy makes that comment in whatever year he was. We are talking about 
he didn't have his team fully prepared for the game. That's just because we you were bitter and like Aaron Rodgers, you wanted to run him out of town. That's I, why. I feel like sometimes <laughs> the record, and probably rightfully so, is sure. saving Lafleur. He just admitted, maybe I didn't do a good enough job getting the team ready for a game. We would crush. We would crush any other coach for that. I think that's because we all realize, as we bring in Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, to talk all things Packers, that the coach might be taking a bit of a hit for his players on that one. He's taking one for the team, That's fair, as yeah. they say. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. All right, so John has a poll question as we play the blame game here as to who do you blame or why do you blame? What 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 is to blame for the Packers' performance and their loss against the Chargers? Now, John, lay it out for Tom. Let's give him his choices here. Okay, here are your choices. The poll question at John Audius Radio. Too much fun away from the field. They were overconfident. The Chargers are just a good team or defensive issues. And right now, 45%, Tom, say they were overconfident, followed by the Chargers are a good team at 24%. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would add one more in there. You know, you don't have that in there, so I'm going <laughs> to cheat a little bit. But I would say that the Packers are not as good as we, you know, as their record. That uh, they were you know, I've been kind of waiting for this game to happen, and I thought it was going to happen in Kansas City, and I thought it could happen against Detroit, but it, it happened when they faced their first really good quarterback. I mean, really, really good quarterback. And uh, I, I think it was kind of a, a game that was, um, you know, waiting to happen. And they did look really out of sorts. I mean, they didn't, it didn't even look like they were playing all that hard. And that's unusual, especially on defense. They, they, you know, say what you will about what, what their talent level is or, or what they do, but they play hard and, and they were just getting blown off the line um, on both sides of the ball. So I don't know, I guess the floor deserves a lot of blame for that but part of it you were mentioning that he's not getting hammered uh the reason is is because he's in the serious honeymoon period you know i i think back to uh, mccarthy's first year and he got drilled by the patriots 35 to nothing at home and i don't remember what the narrative was then but i i'm sure it wasn't that you know He's a huge failure, uh, and and so I don't. I think that's part of the reason why you're not seeing Lafleur just get absolutely hammered for this. And part of the reason he's in a honeymoon period is they were seven and one going into it. So you say, right. all right, they had an awful game, but they're still seven and two. And not many people before the season started gave them a chance to be seven and two. So I guess you get at least a mini pass. Was part of the defensive woes that you just mentioned? How much of that do you put on the fact that? In a sense, it was like unscouted looks with a new offensive coordinator. I mean, the the Chargers could have been doing some different things, and certainly they were running the ball a lot more, and the Packers didn't seem to react or change to that. Yeah, and, and so it was a weird game in this uh, manner. So Patton is playing, uh, you know, sort of the, the numbers game. He He's going, okay, they're driving the ball, and they're – getting a lot of yards, but we're holding them to field goals. And it's nine to nothing at halftime. And I know I have a good offense, you know, so do I keep playing 
this way, and eventually our offense will get hot, and all of a sudden we'll be in the lead? Or do I start gambling and going after Rivers and trying to create something to happen? Well, I think in the first half he was right, and then I think probably after that blocked punt, somewhere around then he needed to do something to shake them up because then, you know, once it got to 19 nothing, then it was too late. And he needed to switch up and just start taking some chances and get after Rivers a little bit. But, you know, when it was 9 to nothing, you know, I understand what he's thinking. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It, it's just that at some, I think, I think in all the cases, they were, they were too late. They were too late in getting pressure deciding to pressure Rivers, and they were too late in going to no huddle and dink and dunk offense. Oh. I think they should have done both of those things earlier. What does it say about the offense, I guess specifically the offensive line, that I think the Chargers blitzed on, what did I read, one of the 39 dropbacks that Aaron Rodgers had. Yeah. That was the lowest of his career, and still they got pressure on him. Oh, it was uh, – Bosa was just unblockable or, you know, at least for the Packers, he was unblockable. He was just destroying both tackles. And, uh, you know, it, it, it reminded me of like a Reggie White game when, you know, you could put as many guys as you wanted on him and it just didn't matter. And he was affecting the game all the way through and pretty much blew up their offense. So uh, it, it was, it was impressive performance on his part, and and then they just they just were terrible. I I, <laughs> I haven't seen Bakhtiari and Balaga play that poorly in a long while. And you heard a lot from Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers talking about the offense and saying we didn't get to the things we wanted to get to. And part of that, I'm sure, you can put on the fact that. Their defense was on the field so long they didn't get to run many plays. They didn't convert many third downs and keep the chains moving and the penalties and the things they had. But also it seemed like in watching some of the offense, at times I was wondering, is this Mike McCarthy's offense where they're just running three or four guys straight down the field and hoping one of them wins a one-on-one matchup? Or you see video clips that were circulating yesterday out on social media where three receivers are all next to each other. One of them, Devontae Adams, is catching a quick pass and the other two look like they're running a different play because they're running straight down the field and not blocking anybody where guys weren't on the same page. Where do you put, I guess, the blame or assess to why they didn't get to those things they wanted to get to? Well, you know, part of it was, if you look at it, I mean, the penalties killed them early on, put them in bad down and distance situations. I mean, they had three false start penalties in their first, 10 times Rodgers went up to the line. So, I mean, that, that's a killer. That was, that's pretty much two drives down the drain right there. Plus then they have a holding call, then they have a sack. So they're, they're pretty much done in the first half. Okay. You know, 
put that aside, that there you go. But in the second half, I thought, okay, here's your chance to flip flip it on the Chargers a little bit and do something a little bit different that they're not expecting. And I thought they should have come out in no huddle or uh, some kind of quick game, you know, fast tempo thing to, to try to get, you know, shake something up. And even if they didn't get to what they practiced that week, I mean, I, I suppose that happens at times. But if you don't find a way to jumpstart your offense, if you know, then then you're just stuck. So let's say they come out in no huddle and run some two minute, and they score, and all of a sudden the game's a little closer. Then you probably can get back to some of the things you wanted to do during the game. But they just couldn't shake out of um, their malaise, and part of that is. You know, the floor's got to figure out a way to do that. Well, I guess we could blame it on a Friday night in Malibu or on the beach or something along those lines. And now the question will be... Hollywood. Well, <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. The they, bright lights. They of the stars in their eyes. Exactly. Maybe a trip down the, the star walk of fame there. Will it be one and done or will it be a sign of trouble to come? We'll talk to you about that on Thursday. Tom, we appreciate the time and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, take care, guys. That's Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, the Bucks winners last night on the road. Have they righted the ship, John? Are they back? Are you you calmed down from DEFCON? I always forget if it's one or five is the I bad one. I think it's one. the Which, opposite of it's, what you think. So you think DEFCON one is the worst? And yes. DEFCON five is it's all good, we're calm? I think so. All right, so are you down from DEFCON one, where after a couple of losses early in the year, everybody was scared that the Bucks were going in the tank and that there were issues? Well, they got a win last night on the road. We'll talk about that and then get you ready for the Badgers' season to tip off tonight in Sioux Falls, South Dakota against St. Mary's when Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joins us at 745. Thanks for listening. This is Lucas in the Morning. Thought the guys had a great focus. Um, thought the third quarter was really good. Um, you know, to come out of halftime and do what they did, that's a good sign. It's a good way to start the road trip. So, good win for us. Back on Lucas in the morning, Rob Vogel alongside John Audius, Mike Budenholzer, Bucks head coach, after his team wins up in Minnesota last night against John's Timber Puppies, a convincing victory. John, have you ever uh, gone on your phone where you try to type in a website to okay. look up something like in this case the box 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 score which i was trying to do okay yeah i've done that. and before. you're one letter off and instead it takes you to some goofball website where you're like this has nothing to do with what i was searching for and sometimes when you're at work it's a not so friendly or safe website you wanted to get to it happens to me all the time does it actually. okay good. i thought i was the, the only one it's usually on the keyboard like the desktop computer yeah because my fingers are too fast, or my brain is too slow, or my brain's too fast, and my fingers are too slow. Yeah. One of the two. Well, yeah. see, I had to use the phone because up. I can't use the laptop here anymore because the password has been changed. They locked you and discontinued, out, so I'm locked out. Yeah, so I was trying to get in uh, this direction to look up the box score of the Bucks, 134 to 106 victory. All right, so we established going into break there that DEFCON 1 is the worst. Yes. That is, we were on the edge. We were ready for nuclear war here. Five is you're at a state of calm and okay and readiness. Um, where were you after the Bucks started a bit slow out of the gate, shall we say, and blew a couple of large leads? Defcon zero or wait six. You were at six, so you were beyond calm. You were like the, you were in a meditative state. I wasn't even in, on the scale, really, because okay. I don't think you can start talking about the NBA until later. 
Now, I tried to have a hypothetical. <laughs> Which is why we're having an NBA segment now, because we I, can't talk about it until later. I tried to have a hypothetical situation that if the Bucks season happened to go off the rails and yeah. maybe they only won 50 times, like, how would we feel about them type of thing? And then Heller just, like, shot me down. <laughs> I'm like, you, okay, fine. You what do you mean you are the guy who say you can't talk about it? You're the guy who uh, a player hits a home run on opening yeah. day. He's on pace to hit 162 home That's runs. On and the Brewers number. are going to go 162-0. and 0. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I figured you'd be doing that with the Bucks. that, uh-oh, they're on pace to go 500 this season. Yeah, they're on pace for 41 and 41. Yeah, I did say that at one point, yes. Giannis, 34 points last night, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 14 of 19 from the floor. Uh, dominant as uh, always, the uh, the reigning MVP. Chris Middleton, twenty six points, nine of fifteen, shooting four of seven from beyond the arc. Eric Bledsoe with twenty two points as well in the victory for the Bucks. They shot at what over fi- almost fifty four percent from the field against the Timberwolves team. I gotta admit, I only paid slight attention watching the game. I was easy to flip over to Monday Night Football and some other stuff because the Wolves didn't even have Carl Anthony Towns, who was suspended for the game. So the the level of interest that I thought this one is just not going to be competitive uh, at all. But you miss- Andrew Wiggins is having to carry the load. You're missing the the headline of the story. Oh, I am. Okay, and explain that to me. The game was delayed for 50 minutes oh, yeah. because of a bent rim. <laughs> That's right. It was spotted by the ref as part of his routine pregame check. I guess the refs are doing something before the game, like checking. I didn't know they checked the height of the rim apparently and noticed something. Not the height. They oh, got out the leveler, like that you use around but the house. But they don't do that every game. Like you don't I, see a ref I, on a ladder doing a level, do they? I don't know. I'm not every NBA game pregame to see if they're checking the hoops that way. Maybe they do. But he had the leveler out on top of the rim, and you could see that the bubble was slightly to the right. I guess uh, going to one side that the rim wasn't complete level. And so what took? What did you say? Forty five minutes. Forty nine minutes. Forty nine minutes. I wondered why I didn't see that at the beginning. Later, went back and found out that it happened because. I flipped it back over, and they were doing the halftime, getting ready for the third quarter, start the third quarter. I'm like, wait a minute. It's like almost 9.15 already. What are we doing just starting the third quarter now? Why are we so behind schedule here? What's going on with Monday Night Football as I flip back and forth and realize that that's what had happened? They had to replace the entire basket. And I guess they didn't have the cameras on the back of that backboard. And so that was part of the deal at halftime when they had the strange delay, too, with the Giannis charge block, Mm -hmm. which took up a good, I'm going to make up a time now. That took at least five minutes. Okay. And and during the broadcast, Paschke says, well, they don't even have the camera up on that side, so they can't even use that to try to identify anything in this replay because the Bucks had challenged. A, a review. <laughs> I'm right? glad. I'm glad to hear that you're not the guy out on the ledge or screaming that the sky is falling in regards to the Bucks because they had a couple of big blown leads early and that it's early in the season and that there's lots of teams that hey the Houston Rockets have had some issues they're going to have some growing pains a bunch of teams and that the Bucks will eventually get it righted out and they'll be competing with the 76ers for the best record in the East. Bucks winners 134 to 106 last night. Speaking of basketball, the Badgers tip off their season tonight in Sioux Falls, South Dakota against St. Mary's, a top 25 ranked team. A good opener for the Badgers at the Pentagon. And uh, we'll speak with, well, I was going to call him our Secretary of Defense. Let's just call Jeff Patrikas then for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He'll preview that and maybe talk a little Badger football as well as they return to action against the Iowa Hawkeyes this Saturday at the camp. This is Lucas in the Morning. Jeff Patrikas! The Devil. Back on Lucas in the morning and joining us now from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where the Badgers will tip off the season tonight 
against St. Mary's at the Pentagon is Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm in Washington, D.C. At, at the other Pentagon. <laughs> oh, whoops. Uh-oh. Sounds like a bad travel plan. Somebody booked that one wrong. Flight got diverted. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, a good uh, Badgers opener on paper playing a, a top 25 ranked team in uh, in St. Mary's. Having seen this Badger team, at least through the, the practices leading up to the start of the season, then they had the exhibition game last Friday against uh, UW Lacrosse, uh, which they won 82 to 53. What What is your sense of what you've seen from this team, what you like about it so far? Well, it's going to be different than last year's team on both ends of the court. Uh, offensively, <clears throat> it's completely different in the sense that you don't, you're not going to pound, you're going to, they're going to want to touch the post, whether that's guys driving and kicking or posting up maybe Reavers or Potter when he becomes eligible. But last year was more get the ball into half. Let him either, you know, attack his guy if it's single, you know, single defender, or if he's doubled in some way, kick it out to open three point shooters. So you don't have that. So as the head coach says, you played his strength to your team and it's, it's more open this year. You're going to have more balanced scoring this year. The defensive end is where they're more concerned because especially early in the season when you're, when your defense, you have to get some consistency and some chemistry defensively. Um, without Ethan and, and Khalil Iverson on the perimeter, you lose two of your better defenders. And your most experienced defenders. So, and especially against a, a team that can score, St. Mary's tonight. That's what I'm curious to see what their defense looks like. It seems like from whether it's articles or discussion that there's a lot of attention focused on Kobe King, and rightfully so because he's a talented young man. Of the expectations and what he might be able to take another step forward or a big step forward uh, this season. But is there another player on this Badgers roster that at least right now we have to wait to see what happens with Micah Potter? But right now that they're that you've got your eye on is this is a guy that intrigues me or could really be a big contributor to this team uh this season that hadn't been as much so in the past uh well it starts with king goes to a lean forward and i'm also curious to see especially with the departure of a half um, what nate reavers looks like mm-hmm. now i think reavers will probably benefit more than anybody else by um once potter's eligible because then you'll have a couple big guys down low because right now you know, it's going to be Reavers, and you're going to probably play a lean forward or start a lean forward at the power forward spot. So, yeah, there's several guys, um, both King and Ford, because of the injury situation. You're curious. They probably have the biggest ceiling based on what we saw last year. Um, but you want to see Davison be more consistent. I mean, he was probably better overall as a freshman than he was as a sophomore. You want to see uh, Trice take the next step. Um, I'm curious to see Tyler Wall because you saw in the exhibition game, uh, obviously it's against Division Three opponent. But you saw in the exhibition game that he can contribute in a variety of ways, on the glass, um, defensively, getting to the basket. So uh, there's a number of players who have to play well for this team to be successful. When it, when it comes to the football team, there, there's been seasons where we, we talk about, well, there's low expectations from the outside this year going into it, and maybe they, they like being that coming under the radar or underdog or however you want to phrase it. With this, with this team this year not being a preseason ranked in the top 25, losing, as you mentioned before, Ethan Happ and, and Khalil Iverson, do you think this team uh, feels comfortable in its own skin in the situation with those expectations that they feel like, you know, we've got some things here that sooner or later people are going to notice that we, maybe we can surprise some people this year or have a better than a better season than maybe some expect? Yeah, I don't think they care about rankings as much as they care about, you know, because, you know, they know probably they anticipated probably before the questions were asked that people would say, well, 
Ethan Hap's gone. You know, what's going to happen? You guys are going to be as good as you were a year ago. I mean, they're smart enough to figure that out. So, and if, if you're a competitor and, and one of your better players leaves and people think, oh, there's going to be a dip or a significant drop off, that gets your competitive juices flowing. So they know they're confident in what they, what they've got. Um, they think that they've got guys can be better and they really like the addition of Potter and Wall. What should be interesting tonight to uh, watch and see as this Badger season tips off. Uh, Jeff, thankfully that we've, we've just found out there is a direct flight from Washington, D.C. to Sioux Falls to get you from one Pentagon to another. So we look forward to your uh, coverage in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and appreciate the time this morning. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Have a, have a good time in Sioux Falls and a good safe travels home. That's Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Back to wrap things up and preview who? What's that guy's name? Mike Heller? Is that the sign you're holding up? Yeah, the Mike Heller Show, I believe, comes your way next. We'll talk to him next on Lucas in the Morning. Last call on Lucas in the Morning. It's been fun, John, back in the saddle, riding with you here again. We just wrap things up and say goodnight, right? There's nobody else on the line, is there? I mean, if you want to talk to Helper, we can. Who? Who? Mike Heller? Oh, that's... Again. Is he singing? Is What's that Heller singing? What are you doing? You said you're back in the saddle again. I'm oh, just singing. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, how are you? Bogey, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm better. I'm better with you in that chair. So. Thanks for being in today. Ah, oh, it's fun. It's fun. All right, Badger basketball tips off the season tonight against St. Mary's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Your expectations for the Badger team this year are what? I, I You know what? I think it's fair in this case not to have a whole lot of expectation. I think we're going to learn as we go. So uh, I don't know what to equate it to. Maybe, maybe a little bit of Packers football out of the gate. Uh, I think that Wisconsin can be good, but I have no idea. And, and I, th- I think we get to learn all kind of together. Like, I thought the Packers could be good, but a new coach and er- everything else that had changed, I think we have to learn it as we go. I, I think the NCAA is stupid, uh, so so we have to wait on the Micah Potter <laughs> stuff. But the other stuff, yeah, I think it, it'll be really interesting. I'm more intrigued to watch them play to start the season than I have been in recent years. Next question. What's the biggest reason the Packers lost to the Chargers on Sunday? Too much fun away from the field. They were overconfident. Chargers are just a good team. Or defensive issues. That's the poll question at John Audius Radio. Go! Chargers are just a good team. And then, yeah, there's the other elements are in play, too. But... I think the too much fun stuff is being overplayed. Next question. Have you ever seen an NBA game start with a bent rim? (laughs) Next answer. No. And it didn't, John. It didn't start with a bent rim. Get your question right. Well, it almost started. You get what I'm saying? Old school, John. You sound like John McLaughlin from the McLaughlin Group. Wrong. Issue number four. Mike Heller show coming your way next. My thanks to Mike Lucas. He'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. This is Lucas in the Morning. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.